Hello and welcome to episode number 329 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is Beverly Jenkins, known in the romance community as Ms. Bev. One day after she finished and turned in her latest book, we talked about all sorts of things. We talked about her new film, which was adapted, directed, and produced for screen by Iris Bowling. And it premieres on Saturday, December 15th. So if you're listening to this on Friday the 14th, tomorrow on Amazon Prime, you will be able to watch Deadly Sexy. We talk about the process of bringing Deadly Sexy to screen, what it was like to see this story that Beverly saw in her mind on a screen in front of everyone, and what surprised her in the transformation. We also discuss what she's done in the past year and what's coming up for her in 2019. Since it is the end of the year, our conversation turns to looking back and looking ahead, and Ms. Bev has some advice on learning what matters, about setting goals, and about being kind to yourself. Plus, she recommends a book that I immediately sent to my husband because it sounds so awesome. I will have links on the website in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast on how to connect with Miss Bev, how to sign up for her newsletter, and when the links are available, how to find Deadly Sexy on Amazon Prime. And if you want to email me, that is very cool. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voicemail at 1201-371-3272. Leave a message, tell me what you're thinking, ask me questions, leave me a terrible joke. I love those, but either way, I do love hearing from you. This week's podcast is brought to you by The Rancher by Kate Pierce. One by one, the Morgan siblings find themselves returning to the Northern California ranch where their troubled pasts first began. Together, they have a chance to leave the past behind and forge a new future based on family, hope, and love. In this sixth installment of best-selling author Kate Pierce's popular Morgan Ranch series, Rachel Ford Morgan comes home after finishing her degree, intent on proving she's just as capable of taking care of the ranch as her brothers. What she's not prepared for is also trying to impress the son of a rival ranch owner. The Rancher by Kate Pierce is now available wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Every episode of the podcast receives a transcript, which is compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. This week, our podcast transcript is being underwritten by a listener or reader of the transcript named Judy, who loves to overspend on romance novels and perfume what could be better. Thank you, Judy, for sponsoring this week's transcript. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount to our Patreon, thank you very, very much. You are making every episode accessible to everyone, and you're making sure that each episode is transcribed, plus you keep the show going every week. If you would like to join the Patreon community, it would be most excellent if you did. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month. You'll be part of the group who helps me develop questions and make suggestions for guests for the upcoming year. We have a massive thread going on right now in the Patreon community with folks making idea suggestions for guests in 2019, and it's really cool. You can join in at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I also have a compliment this week, which is the most fun, to Jennifer S. You are the human embodiment of free cupcakes and cold lemonade in a tent in the middle of a fair where all of the best flavors are still available. I would say go for the lemon cupcake. Those are the best. And if you would like a compliment of your very own, it is one of the reward tiers at Patreon. So have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. 
The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I'll have information at the end of the show as to who this is, I bet you know, and what song this is, also, I bet you know. And I will be giving you a sneak preview of what's coming up on Smart Bitches this coming week. And I have a terrific seasonal joke, which is pretty bad. And of course, I will have links to all of the books that we mention, as well as some of the podcasts and newsletters that we talk about. I'll even have a link to the hoodie that I talk about wearing during the recording, because everyone needs a good hoodie, right? Right, obviously. So you can find that at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. But without any further delay, on with the podcast and another wonderful interview with Beverly Jenkins. So you finished a book yesterday? Yeah, uh, Rebel. <gasps> Congratulations. Tell me all about it. You can start reading in the first chapter and just read it all out loud. <laughs> Erica's still looking at it. It was my editor. Um, it's set during 1867 Ooh. in New Orleans. So you've got a lot going on there. Just a little. Um, with the post-Civil War and all that. But we have a young lady who... Comes from New York, wants to help the freedmen by being a teacher. And it's all of her, you know, her, her travels, her triumphs, her setbacks. And then the guy is from my um, the Beck family, which we've had two books in that uh, family, Through the Storm and Winds of the Storm. So I'm hoping readers will enjoy going back and looking at their one of their favorite families. And uh, enjoying our new heroine. Is there a, a particularly delicious feeling of relief when the book is done? Oh yeah, I mean it's like, <laughs> it's, I mean it's like it's like coming back from from being on another planet. Yep. And you know, and the world is sort of still here, but you're not, and it's gray. And look around, and your house is trashed, and you know, it's it's yeah, it's. Uh, it's crazy, but you know, I love what I do. So it's part of the process. And when you, when you finish the book, do you ever feel like, Oh, I, I, I mean, you, you get another chance to look at it, right? You don't, you don't yeah, have yeah. a, it's, it's, it's on its way to the copy editor. Right. So, you know, they'll send it back and, you know, I have a tendency to, to lose names during the story. Somebody may start out as know, whatever, whatever. And by page 87, they've got an entirely different name. And then (laughs) by page 175, they've got another different name. So it'll go to the copy editor and then it'll come back to me. And then you can make changes if there's things that you want to add in. Or once you're done, when you're done with the book, are you pretty much done with it and moving on to the next one? Or are there things that you add and change? Erica has already sent the revision uh, letter. She's always so good making me look at things that you know, little tweak here. How about deeper here? That kind of thing. So I uh, go to copy editor. Um, they will look for, con- uh, you know, continuation issues and sequences and all of that. And then it'll come back to me one last time in page proofs. And that will be for typos. So basically, uh, I should have added everything that I have added Um right now. So, you know, there might be little pieces that I'll need to do when the copy editor comes back, but I'm pretty much done with it. On to the next blessings book, which is due in March. So 
So you switch between the historical romance with the sexy times and the contemporary romance with no sexy times. With no sexy times, just sexy times off the page, um, at least with Trent and Lily. So, uh, yeah, so this will be book 10 in this series. Wow. The last Congratulations. Book. Yeah, it'll be the last book on the, on the uh, contract for the blessings. But um, the book that I just finished yesterday is the first book in the Women Who Dare series. Ooh. I like women who dare. I we recorded an end of year podcast last week, and I was like, I just want more alpha women. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she's not really much much alpha. I mean, you can't really be much alpha when you're dealing with the Levettes. But <laughs> this is true. She knows what she's she knows what she wants, and she goes after it. So I guess you could call her an alpha woman. Do you ever look back at your publishing career and go, holy cow? I mean, I know you might, might have done that when you received the Lifetime Achievement Award. And I know that it is, and I know that it was probably something that came up when you were recording the the documentary about romance. But do you make a habit of looking back at all the things that you've written and accomplished and just sort of go, wow, look at that? No, you know, every now and then, you know, when someone asks me, um, how many books you've written? And I go, oh, you know, 35 or 40. And then I go, damn. Because <laughs> that's what they say, too. They go, wow, you know. Wow. Um, but I'm I'm more of a, a here and now kind of person. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I mean, that, that you can't control the past. You just, you know, keep walking into the future. So, and, you know, try not to get caught up on the hype of, of, of who the author woman is, as my daughter calls me. Um, the author woman. Yeah, she calls me author. Calls me author woman and little girl. Um, when she comes in the house, she goes, "Good morning, you know, author woman, author lady. How are you?" But um, I try and keep who she is separate from who I am, because you can get you can get hung up believing all the shit that people write about you and. Then there you are being a bitch and nobody wants to be around you. So um, I try and keep those two separate. You try not to get drunk on your own hype? Right, yeah. It's a hard balance, I would think, though, because on one hand, you're kind of like, no, I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to get drunk on my own press. And on the other hand, it's like, I am Beverly damn Jenkins. Know, Check me out. Look at what I did. I know. you know, And, and, and I am proud of, of who I am. Um, I would be, you know, I mean, it's a gift. I think. Oh, yeah. And I'm grateful every morning and every night before I go to bed and every morning when I get up and I say, thank you, Lord, for, for the life that I have. But you can get hung up on the hype. Uh, a good example. I got a, there's a couple at my church and they've been there probably maybe a year and a half. And I had a guy, one of the, the, the one of the husbands who came up to me the last time I was at church and he said, I didn't know you were the Beverly Jenkins. <laughs> the Beverly Jenkins. And oh, I, was like, you know, I try and keep those two separate. You know, and I'm pretty active in the church. Yeah. I said, well, you're doing a good job. He said, I <laughs> so I said, okay, my job here is done, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the author lady has her own wardrobe. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here in, in my sweats and, you know, dressed very badly. And, um, I mean, she's got her own closet and oh, yeah. that. So, yeah, I try and keep the two as separate as I can Yep. Um, in my real life. 
Yep. I I often joke that I have two classes of clothing. I have I am at a conference right now, and then my other class of clothing is someone in my house is probably sticky, and those are two very separate groups. And, and, and in my house, the person who's sticky is usually me. Yeah, I, I try to avoid it, but it is often me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ma'am, it's so good to talk to you. It's so lovely to talk to you. I love doing these conversations. And I realized to my deep and unending embarrassment that the last couple of times I've had you on has been in February. And I was like, no, Sarah, you fell into the oh, trap. Okay. No. And, you know, I would, I, would, I would much rather it be someone who actually knows me. This is true. You know, rather than somebody it's, who's, oh, it's Black History Month. Let's get the, the Black History. You know, and I'm a two for one. Yes, you are. You, you get Black History and you get romance. Yeah. So, but it's usually somebody who, you know, hasn't read the books or, you know, asking me questions that, you know, very, very easily answered if they did like a half a minute worth of research. Yep. Um, so I don't Two seconds of Google. Oh, thank you. I do love, I love chatting with you. I want to ask you about your new movie. You have a movie premiering soon. Speaking of things that you can look back on at the end of this year, like, look at what you did. That's amazing. Please tell me about bringing your book to film and what this has been like for you, because I think it is so exciting. It's been exciting. Um, Iris is like, Jesus, I'm talking about Iris Bowling, who is also an African-American romance writer. Um, but she is just, just so awesome. I mean, it's like when she's decided to do this um, and we started raising the money and, you know, it was so exciting. And then she did the directing and the producing and, got an amazing team and I just tried to stay out of her way you know I'm the person sitting over in a corner going you know doing the cheerleader with the pom-poms but um it's been an amazing journey I was on set for just one day because of course I'm always on deadline but she shot in April in Virginia and um got to see you know a day's worth of shooting she did it in 10 days 10 days we didn't have a whole lot of money you know that's astonishingly quickly. I mean, they make them in Hollywood, you know, they use millions. We were doing good with the little 60 grand that we had. But to see something that you created, I think this book came out in 2006 or 2007. And here we are 10 years later and it's on screen. Truly amazing. Yeah. She's such a blessing and such a powerhouse. So, what was the process like to bring this book to film? I know you had a Kickstarter and I know that you were both deeply involved. What were some of the things that you did? Well, she did the screenplay and it was amazing because she's a big fan of my work as I am of hers. And when I read the script, I was just so happy because she stayed with the book. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very visual book anyway. So, you know, she didn't do any kind of, well, we're going to change this and do this, and then we're going to have this. Do that. You know, I mean, she she went page by page, which I found was, was, was an amazing thing. So for that, and then, like I said, I just stayed out of the way. She did everything. She has her own film company. And, you know, and she's, she's very, very focused and very, very set on how she wants things done mm-hmm. you know me I'm scattered I'm all over the place but she's very <sighs> focused so f- to go from there and then 
trying to get places where she's going to do shoots. And I mean, I couldn't have done all that because I'm not that organized. So to have somebody who actually knows what the hell they're doing, (laughs) (laughs) um, um, you know, captain being the captain of the ship was, was just a great, 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 great thing. So we'll always be, you know, grateful and, and, and bow down to her and all of that. So we raised some money. We, you know, and I want to thank everybody out there who sent, you know, everything from a dime to a thousand dollars. And, you know, and there were those, of course, who, you know, could not contribute, but sent prayers and blessings. And I mean, it all mattered. In fact, she's right now sending out the incentives. Uh, You've got a T-shirt coming. You know, she's in the process of of mailing out all that stuff right now. So just the idea that we were able, and she was, like I said, I just stayed out of the way. But she was (laughs) able to put this on the screen and get great actors and great actresses. Um, The young woman who plays um, our heroine, J.T. Blake, who's the sports agent. This was her first film. And she did an amazing job. Uh, Travis Travis didn't have to speak. I mean, you know, he's so gorgeous. He could have just walked around and not said a word and still been fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is, is, you know, I'm just over the moon. I'm just over the moon. When you got the script or the screenplay, Uh was there anything in it that surprised you? Did you recognize your story or had it evolved into a different medium? No, it was it. You know, I'm when I'm writing the story's playing in my head. Oh, so it's it's a lot like seeing your own internal movie. Exactly. Wow, that must have been wild. It was wild because, like I said, she stuck to the script. She started from page one. She took us through the journey. You know, you can't, of course, in a film, you don't get that internal stuff that you get in in books. But she took us from <clears throat> the murder at the beginning of the book to the um, to the thing at the end when you know they're on the beach in in, in Hawaii and all the and it's a twisty turny very very uh, multi layered plot in that book. There's a lot that happens in that book. There's a lot going on in that book, <laughs> and I mean a lot. From, you know, yeah, a lot. If you haven't read the book, you got, you got three days before, you know, you can see the movie. But she hit every note, she hit every note. And I was I was just amazed. Wow. So have you seen it? I know the premiere is this week, right? Yeah, the premiere for Amazon is this week. The premiere for the film was done, uh, what month is this? This is December. Yeah. Uh, the the premiere for the movie was the 15th of, of the weekend of November. I think it was the 15th. They, they had the premiere, the red carpet. It was a red carpet event at the African-American Museum in Richmond, Virginia, which is an, just a fabulous facility. Um, if you ever get a chance to go in and see their collection, um, please do so. But there was food and there was music and everybody was all dressed up and they had the red carpet. I mean, it was cold that day. We're outside, you know, trying to trying to look cute and freezing our, our butts off outside. <laughs> but um, there were two showings that day. Um, the cast was there. Uh, so I got to see the first showing. They did a showing at like six. And then the last one, I think, was at nine. And just watching it on the screen and, and 
you know, I wanted to sit in the back just so that I could see people's reactions, but Iris was not having that. I was in the, (laughs) so, um, and sat next to, uh, one of the guys who plays our villain, one of our villains, because there's a, a, a few. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing. And then to see the joy on the faces of the readers who have not only read the book, but contributed and, and have walked with me on this author journey, just to see the joy on their faces and, and after it was over, them saying how much they loved it. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so it was it was quite, quite, quite an evening, quite an evening. When you saw it on the screen, was that emotional for you? Not just the reaction of the people, but seeing your story out of your brain up on a screen. Was that an emotional experience? It was sort of like an out-of-body experience. I mean, I didn't cry. You know, know, everywhere I go when I'm on a mic, you know, rooms are weeping. But I didn't cry. Um, I think it was just all so, so much. I had to just sort of, you know, do a woosah kind of thing and, and then just watch. But very emotional in the sense that Hollywood hasn't really embraced African American romance. What? Yeah, the devil you say. Know, right? So that was one of the reasons that Iris formed her, her production company. She mm-hmm. has done two two of her movies, two of her books that she turned into movies before she tackled um, Deadly Sexy. So to be able to sit there and see this love on the screen yeah. in a way that was done well, I mean, yeah, we could have used a whole lot more money and, and it could have been, you know, even more stellar than it is and than the movie mm-hmm. is now. But, you know, to actually see, you know, people who, you know, who are loving and people who have good jobs and people who have interactions with their families and and all of the things that Hollywood sometimes doesn't get right. Yeah. To actually see it on the screen in a, in a, in a wonderful way. It, it was, it was amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Now this is a terrible question to immediately follow up with, but okay. are there any other of your titles you would want to see on film? I want to see everything I've written on film. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's a very excellent plan. Let's do it. I mean, you know, and you know, and people are like, well, we need to do this. one." I said, well, you know, we, it, I always figured that the suspense would come first mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily cheaper to do, but it's less crazy. Yeah. And you can pretty much put it in the world that exists already. Whereas for historical, yeah, you, you, you need to construct a world. You got horses, you got, you know, ranches, you got, you know, costumes, settings, you know, all that. There's, yeah. Oh, oh, we have to cut now. There's a plane flying overhead. Okay, now we can go again. Right. Exactly. Right. Or you know, an ambulance coming through with the sirens. Yeah. So I always figured that the you know if I ever did get film, um, it would be uh, the the suspense. So I would like to see. Um, I like to see my westerns. Oh gosh. Okay, because there are no African American westerns out there. I'd love to see Jesse Rose. I would love to see something like love um, because there's nothing out there like it. That's fresh and, and accurate. Number one. So yeah, I'm, I'm Hollywood. I'm here. 
you know, it's so. my favorite game. Where's my venture capitalist? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think if I was voting, I would probably want to see Indigo. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the visual of color has so much to do with the story. The color of the dye that stains yeah. their hands, yeah. the mud, the the medical care, the um, the conversations that 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 the characters have that are all like a lot of them are in code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would like that kind of. I'd like to see that. That would be gorgeous to yeah. see. Yeah. Of course, it's historical, and that's hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, you get sets, you get costumes, you get all of that but i would like to see um i like to see the detroit series i like to see edge of midnight i really really would like to see edge of dawn which is because you got a lot of action in that that's one of my daughter's favorite ones you got a scene where the heroine drives a suv through the front of a 7-eleven so as you do he says mom i want to see this one on the screen she said i want to drive the suv so Actually, now that I think about it, Indigo would make an outstanding stage play, yeah, like would. a live play. Yeah, it would. It would. That would be wonderfully adapted for the theater. Yeah, yeah. So, you it's know, really I'm, easy for me to have all these ideas well, because I don't know how to do that. Have a little bit of money, girl. That's you know, we, we need. To Isn't that the truth? And we can turn into all we want to be. So, but I'm content with with what I have and what I've been given, and and the blessing that Iris has brought into my life. So. I'm just happy, happy to be finished with this book and uh, catch a breath and clean my house. And <laughs> yeah, when you when you saw the movie in the theater, uh-huh. were there any scenes during the movie that really surprised you? Were there any moments you were just like, "Wow, I wrote that"? <clears throat> I do that a lot with a lot of stuff. I was like, "Who wrote this?" Uh, <laughs> not really, because you know, for me, just just. The idea and the visual that it, the whole book had come to life. Right. I was more uh, captivated by that than, than anything else. Um, but uh, the scene at the end, I don't know if you read the book or not, but there's a, a scene at the end <clears throat> that takes place on the Internet. I mean, I did the, here's a spoiler for you. I think I did the first, this is 07. Uh, with somebody getting killed on the internet. And um, that scene is done so incredibly well. I mean, it was like jaw-dropping. It was like, whoa, that one surprised me. I didn't. I mean, not surprised because I knew it was coming, but just the way it was shot and how she did it and how she set it up was, was just amazing. With the film mm-hmm. and with your book that you just finished, what else are you are you working on? What's coming up for you in 2019? As if 2018 didn't have enough stuff in it. Oh God! Um, yeah. What's next, ma'am? Oh Lordy, I you know I I lived in airports. Um, I lived in airports. I lived on planes. I think I met with every RWA chapter from Boston to Seattle. Um, what's coming up? What do you talk about when you go to an RWA chapter? What do you talk about usually? Um, usually, I'm doing workshops. I'm also, you know, I never met a stranger. Mm-hmm. So I'm also building relationships. I'm um, thanking people just for writing romance and, and pumping up, you know, authors who need a little hug or a little shove or, you know, just a little push. Um, mostly I'm having a good time, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm, doing. I'm having a good time. 
So I did that. Uh, did RWA in, in Denver. It was all over the place. I knew I was on a plane every weekend in April. I was on a plane every weekend in October. Oof. Um, did a couple libraries. Um, I mean, I was just here and there. And, you know, and my editor's like, um, when are you going to write a book? <laughs> Bless her heart. You know, she is just the best. So <clears throat> we had to move books around and stuff. So deadlines around. So 2019, I'm just going to sit home. Yeah, gonna, you know, that sounds like a good plan. It does. I'm going to try and, because, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm just going to sit <laughs> home and um, do some writing. I got a you know, marathon to do to try and get this next Blessings book done, because if I don't get it to her on time, they will not get a Blessings book next year, and they will be out in front of my house with signs and, and grenades. So, um, and you don't want that. No, we don't want that. Not at all. So I want to get that done. And then I got another historical due next year. And then I want to do some, maybe some stuff for my own. I've got a suspense that's been, the ladies have been waiting for for like 15 years. And I keep promising them, promising them it. So we do a self-publish on that. So just, just to catch my breath, I'd like to look out in September and not see weeds all in my garden. Cause I haven't been here to, you know, to beat them back. My poor flock. <laughs> So, you know, just to, to catch my breath, because, you know, I, I am supposed to be an author. Um, and just see what see what God brings for 2019. It's hard to balance the, the business part, the writing part, the promotion part, because they all take place. A lot of the times they all take place at very separate times and you can't do two at the same time. Yeah, well, and, you know, and, and in my life, some of it is like they, everything's on one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a um, last last week. I had an editor um, call me and and say, you know, one of the one of the Hollywood types wanted me to get on a plane the next day mm-hmm. and come and do a podcast. And I'm like, are you trying to get me killed? You know, the book's late already, and here you are wanting me to drop everything. No, I'm not doing that. So. Why would you need to hop on a plane to do a podcast? The whole point of podcasting is you don't wear shoes uh, or sometimes even a bra. I know. I know. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Because I'm in the middle of a book. So sometimes, you know, life comes at you fast. But I'm learning to say no, which is also my my mantra for next year. Um, I just catch my breath and breathe and, and, and be able to take my suitcases out of the living room. <laughs> Which is where savor your now. contentment. You know, yep. My suitcases have been in my living room since July, so you know I just want to do and sit down and do some writing, maybe do some novellas, maybe work on this, you know, this dragon book I've been threatening to give people for like the last twenty years. I mean, just I'm sorry, did you just say dragon book? <laughs> yeah, I got a. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 dragon dragon book. Yeah, I got a I got a dragon book. You know, I got a thing for dragons, right? Yeah, I, I'm now like, I'm now in the front of the line for this book. Yeah, I do have a, I do have a dragon book. But you know, who has time to write when you're trying to write and you're all over the country and being yep. Miss Bev and, you know, and being, and being other woman and, you know, so. got to say no to things. I got to say no to things. And, you know, and like I said, I'm not getting any younger. So I'm going to eschew all the travel next year. And I think I've got. 
have to be in Charleston in February. I'm in Chicago in March. I'm doing Avon's Kiss Con in April. I have a date in Baton Rouge for a library the first weekend of May. I'm doing my pajama party in June. And then that's it for my travel schedule for the rest of the year. So so your goal is to say no and keep it clear between June and December. I keep it clear and get some work done and catch my breath. You know, So we'll see how it goes. Now, I have one more looking back question yes. for you. One of my favorite memories of you in the past year was at RWA when you were announcing Best First Book. Yes. And you opened that envelope and you said, oh, yes. <laughs> and I immediately knew who it was because we were apparently both rooting for the same person. And you got to announce Alexis Daria's win. Yeah. And just the the look of absolute delight on your face like oh yes I like this envelope was that one of your favorite moments too and what other moments was. this past year it was, you know only because you know we you know number one she's a great writer you know yes she's a great writer and and number two um because nobody has ever won one before you know that was that was it too um, you know I'm, I'm all about supporting um everyone but also supporting the office of color so when I opened that envelope, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, oh hell yeah. I'll, that's what I almost said. Um, to, to have that moment um, and to, to see these young women coming up who are women of color, who are, you know, writing these fantastic books. Um, you know, Alyssa just got the movie deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, and I'm taking it personally. You know, I feel like, you know, I've, I've been out here, you know, toiling in the wilderness, you know, for, for 20 years. And, and you know, and, and finally, finally, somebody's starting to pay attention. So it's amazing to me that it had to take this long. You know, that That's the amazing part. But I'm just so proud of these young women. I mean, it is just... I cry looking at them and, and the strides that they've made and the, the ceilings that they're breaking, you know, and it's just, I just want to hug them all. I just want to, you know, they're all my daughters and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, I, I was very, very pleased when I opened that envelope. If I could have like a, like a, a one set, little tiny, um, little tiny sound file of the year, it would be you going, Oh yes. <laughs> it was like, Oh, I know exactly what that envelope says. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh yes. You know, and I, I probably wasn't supposed to do that. Oh, well, I was probably supposed to be very, very, you know, whatever, you know, calm and cool and, and detached and all of that. But, you know, you know, that's not who I am. So. No. So at the end of a year, at the end of the year, or the beginning of the next year, so recording this in December, a lot of people think about goals and achievements. What are the things that you are the most proud of in the past year, and the things that you're think you'll think that you'll remember going forward? I'm still here. <laughs> That's all I can say. I am still here. I am still writing. I'm still loving what I do. Uh, I still have family. I still have people I love. 
um, ready for the next book to write. I mean, I, I, I try not to, to, you know, and I setting goals because, you know, we plan and God laughs. <laughs> it's so true. So, <laughs> you know, I'm the girl that buys a planner every year and then can't find it. So I just do a day-to-day thing and, and, and just be grateful. And that is my goal is to, is to continue to write. And, and, and the things, like I said, I'm most proud of is, is that I made it. I made it through the year. I, I still know who I am. Um, knock on wood, haven't had, you know, health issues. Um, so I'm just glad to be here. I'm just glad to have made it through. And it's been a hell of a year. My gosh, yes. You know, the fact that we, all of us are still here is a blessing. Yes. You know, we, you know, so because a lot of people didn't make it this year. Nope. So that is the the, the thing that I'm most proud of. And the career is part of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm just glad to be sitting here talking to you at, you know, what is this, December the 11th, 2018? Yep. That's all. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad. I know that feeling every day I wake up and I think I love my life. I am so thankful that this is my job and this is what I do. And I hope I get to continue it another day and another month and another year. It could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. Oh, you know, the fact that I'm sitting here in my angry bird pants (laughs) and a very, very ratty t-shirt. Because I don't have to. Uh, I just I just want you to know I'm wearing a hoodie that says read or else. Okay, so so uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, my husband was my husband, my late husband, you know, would would see me on deadline and he said, Y'all should have a convention where y'all just wear what you work in. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they probably put us out of the hotel. Um, oh my god. <laughs> so if someone came to you and asked for advice for setting their own writing goals in the coming year and asked for advice from you, what would you say to someone who's looking to write in the coming year? What would you say? Be kind to yourself. Write what you want to write. If you want to set goals, then set goals, but don't beat yourself up if you don't meet them because life will Step on you like Godzilla on Tokyo. Um, and just have fun with that. You know, sometimes we take ourselves so seriously that, you know, we trip ourselves up because, you know, you're just so anxious and anxious and anxious and anxious. And I understand that. But just write. Write from the heart. Don't write trends. Unless you're writing a trend book that comes on trend. But, you know, just... Don't take yourself so seriously and don't, and I always say this, don't compare yourself to others. Um, somebody else's success does not make you less. They're on their path. You're on yours. Just stay on your path. Be grateful that you have the gift of writing. So I don't know. I'm not good at this. I'm, you know, I'm not good at giving advice and stuff. But um, be you. Write you. How's that for a very, very non-specific, vague kind of advice kind of thing? I think it's actually really good advice to be kind to yourself. Um, I listened to a 
podcast earlier this year with uh, Stephanie Beatriz, the actress from, she plays Rosa on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She was doing an interview with Carmen Esposito and she talked about how, you know, if you, if you're successful and you're shitty to yourself, then you're going to think, oh, I'm only successful because I'm shitty to myself. I'm only successful because I'm mean to myself and I beat myself up for my failures. And they're actually two separate things. Yeah. You, you can be successful without being unkind to yourself. And that's a hard realization yeah. to, to, to work through that you, you can be kind to yourself. Yeah, and I think, at least for me, it comes with age. I mean, when, when you get to be a certain age, I think, at least for me, I, I can only speak for me, I learned what mattered. Yes. And that life is, is, is going to do what life is going to do. And you have no control over it. So, you know, it, you just, Wayne Dyers used to say, you know, you just, you get on the bus and you just hold on to the strap and, 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 and go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of it. You know, I, the more you try to control things, the more out of control things get. Yeah. So I have to sometimes just tell myself, step back, take a deep breath. And let God drive today. You know, sometimes you just need to sit shotgun. Because, you know, we have a tendency to drive and we wind up in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So sometimes you just got to just got to not try it and, and just just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself and, and know that, I mean, if you are a, a believer in the universe and, and all of that, that the universe wants you to be happy. At least that's been my uh, take on the world. You know, life wants you to be happy. Be happy to yourself and, and not beating yourself up because why? Why are you beating yourself up? <clears throat> <laughs> Accomplishes nothing. Yeah. I often struggle with the, the, the balance of you don't have to be in control of this. You don't have to be in charge of this. Just let go. This is not something you are in charge of. And then the absolute terror of realizing, um, no, I am in control of this part. This part here, I can seize control and I can do what I want. Yeah. There's almost like a push-pull of of fear and acceptance. Yeah. That's a hard balance, you know? It is. But, you know, it's going to happen. We got, it's going to happen the way it's going to happen regardless. So, you know, I try not to... And I tell myself, okay, it's either going to be this or this. You know, and you can deal with it, which, whatever it is. So just step through the door. Step through the door. Yep. Do you have any advice that you would give yourself for the coming year? Quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think that's good advice. That's the advice I give to myself. Quit smoking. Um, and, and to just continue to be amazed. And surprised by life. Continue to be kind to people. Um, continue to find joy in, in your day. Uh, continue to, to find time every day to just sit and catch your breath and be thankful. And try and get a book in on time. So. <laughs> Somewhere your editor just sat up in her chair, very, very alert and doesn't know why. Yeah, she knows. She knows. God bless her. She knows. 
But yeah, I mean, just keep 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 fighting the good fight, as they used to say. On what is it? It was an old uh, uh, musical on Broadway in, in the '60s and '70s called Pearly Victorious. It's like, yeah, just you know, write me and care to post office. So. so I always ask this question: What are you reading right now that you would want to tell people? About? Right now, I am reading nothing. Right now, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm too busy writing. But what did I just finish? Oh, Naima Simone. Oh, my God, girl. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking on my Kindle to see what I just finished. I read some of her stuff, but I did that on a plane. And she writes some pretty hot stuff. And she's an amazing, <laughs> amazing writer. I'm opening up my Kindle to see what I got in here. Um, I have a lot of stuff that I want to read. I'm going to take a couple... Days. Uh, I just finished. Oh, I just finished um, this book by uh, Nicholas Ames called uh, "What's the name of the book?" Called "The Band." Oh, the band. It's a um, paranormal. Okay. Say. Okay. This is. This is the. Okay. Take the Avengers right now and say they age. Mm-hmm. And pick them up 25 years from now. Oh, my. They've all gone and done their lives. You know, some of them are, you know, doing this, doing that. One's a king and all of that. So, and they're all, these guys are mercenaries. So, mm-hmm. um, one of their, one of the guy's daughter, his daughter, he's raised her to be a mercenary. She's caught up in this siege in this city. He wants to go rescue his daughter. So he gets the band back together to go and rescue. And they fought monsters. Right. The book is amazing. It's laugh out loud funny in some parts. The writing is wonderful. So that was what, that's the last thing I read. And I'll have to get the, the title because obviously I took it off of my Kindle. But I do have the second book, which is called Bloody Rose. And it's about the daughter. But it was just- I think it is... Um- Nicholas Ames, Kings of the Wild. Yes. The band. Yep. I have it right here. I'm going to send it to my husband and be like, Miss Bev says that you will love this because he loves fantasies. So great. I mean, and one of the guys is a king and he's out of shape and, you know, and, and they, you know, in a bad marriage. And it is, it's, it's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. So that's what I, that's what I just read. That sounds really cool. It is. And there's a dragon involved. Uh, you have my attention. <laughs> I want to know about this dragon book. Why, how, how have I not heard about this dragon uh, book? Editors have heard about it because I've been talking and promising and lying about it for 15 years. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's in my, you know, to be written pile. You know, whenever I get around to it, you know, hopefully in this lifetime. But, you know, that's one of the things I'm, like I said, one of those things that maybe we'll get at least a look for 2019 when I'm sitting my behind down in my house and not in an airport. So we'll see. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. And thank you for what you do. I know your books are a blessing to so many people, myself included. So it is it is always an honor to talk to you. And I love hearing what you're up to. It's it's very inspiring to listen to you. So thank you for that. Thank you. I'm glad that, you know, we, we, we weren't able to do it yesterday because about at this time yesterday, I was typing like the, um, 
the Kermit meme where type Kermit is just like going at the typewriter, right? That was me yesterday <laughs> at about this time. In fact, I turned it in like three minutes from now. So um, I want to thank you for being flexible and, and patient with my schedule. But are you just oh, always. I mean, your what you do for the romance community um, is just there are no words. Your support, your your writings, your take, your interviews, uh, you are a blessing to Romance Landia, my dear. Really are. Oh, thank you. No, I'm going to cry. Don't cry. There's no crying to Romance Landia. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm on the mic. Where have you? Unless I'm on the mic. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen, you, I've seen you on stage. What are you talking about? There's no crying. <laughs> what are my superpowers? <laughs> what, making other people cry? <laughs> It's probably a good superpower for a writer to have. Who speaks, they weep, you know. So. <laughs> and that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you to Beverly Jenkins for hanging out with me in her Angry Birds pajamas. If you have questions or suggestions or thoughts on this episode, I would very much like to hear them. You can find me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 1201-371-3272. You can find Beverly Jenkins at beverlyjenkins.net and I will have a link to her newsletter so you can sign up and find out when she has a new release or another new release or big news like a movie you know she's got a lot of stuff going on if you don't want to miss out on any of it you can sign up for her newsletter and find out more this week's podcast is brought to you by the rancher by kate pierce one by one the morgan siblings find themselves returning to the northern california ranch where their troubled pasts first began Together, they have a chance to leave the past behind and forge a new future based on family, love, and hope. In this sixth installment of best-selling author Kate Pierce's popular Morgan Ranch series, Rachel Ford Morgan comes home after finishing her degree, intent on proving she's just as capable of taking care of the ranch as her brothers. What she's not prepared for is also trying to impress the son of a rival ranch owner. The Rancher by Kate Pierce is available now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Our transcript this week is being underwritten by someone who loves the transcript. So thank you to Judy, who loves to overspend on romance novels and perfume. What could be better? Judy, you are wonderful. Thank you for underwriting this week's transcript. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you very, very much. You are helping to keep the podcast going into the new year, and at the end of this year, I will be reaching a rather astonishing milestone. If you would like to join the Patreon community, it would be great to have you. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month, and you'll be part of the group who helps me develop questions and makes guest suggestions for the upcoming year. If you have a look right now at patreon.com slash smartbitches and you join the community, we've got a big thread going on right now with guest ideas for 2019, and it is pretty epic. The music you are listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is Deviations Project. This is their album, Adeste Fiddles. This is Lieutenant Kiji, which was originally composed by Sergei Prokofiev. You can find this album at Amazon, and you can find out more about Deviations Project at their website. 
Coming up on Smart Bitches this week, we have many things. On Saturday, we have Hide Your Wallet Part 2, where we recap and highlight books that we've learned about, heard good things about, and are pretty sure that you want to know about too. We also have reviews, both lightning quick ones and longer length. We have a new edition of Squee from the Keeper Shelf and a new Caption That Cover contest. Amanda is taking over the gift guide this week with many of her most favorite things. And of course, we will have books on sale and help a bitch out. I hope you will come and hang out with us. I will have links to everything we talked about in this episode and some past episodes with Miss Bev, as well as links to her website and her newsletter sign up. And you can find that at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I, of course, will also have links to all the books she mentioned, especially that last one, because it sounds really good. And now you know what time it is, right? It's time for a terrible joke. I really like all the bad jokes I get in the email. It's pretty great. This is from librarian James Stubbs. James sent in an awesome joke. Actually, a couple of them, but this is the one I'm using this week. Why are Christmas trees so fond of the past? Give up? Why are Christmas trees so fond of the past? Because the present's beneath them. <laughs> I have this green image of like this really snobby Christmas tree. Like, oh, oh, the presents. Oh, I'm so over it. <laughs> Thank you to James Stubbs for this joke. Thank you to Beverly Jenkins for hanging out with me. Thank you to Zeb for not barking. Oh my gosh, his brother is outside and he does not like it that his brother wants to be outside and he doesn't. So he just stands at the door and yells at him. So thank you to him for not barking. And thank you very, very much for listening. We wish you the very best of reading and we will see you back here next week. <laughs>